Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Thursday, last live show for the CHGO Cubs guys here. Uh, this week, we'll have another one on Friday. Corey and Brendan coming out for you, uh, but that one, of course, is not live. Cody, Ryan, Luke, we're all here. Chat, sorry, we're a couple minutes late. Technical difficulties. We're all was it, here. Was it my fault? Was it my like, fault? It wasn't either. anybody's like fault. If anything, I actually helped us get started sooner. It, yes, it it was Gremlins. If you haven't seen that movie, great movie by the way. Long time uh, ago. Yeah, long time ago. Uh, we got stuff to talk about. We have a Jamison Tyone interview, the full length feature interview with one Ryan Herrera in Arizona. Uh, we're gonna play that for you. We've got. What's up, Frank? A side by side by side by Whoa. side by side look at Cody Bellinger. What was Hello that? Hello from France. From France. Frag 03. France. See, we went over there with the Bulls, and now fans are mm-hmm. international. International. How many countries do we have now? Um, double France, digits. France, England. Got to be double digits, I think, right? I, I would assume so. Three United States. I bet we have some Canadian friends <laughs> out there. Look at Barbara. Okay, his hat is back on. Looks much better. Damn. <laughs> Damn. It happens. All right. And, uh, I appreciate this hat, though. I do. I like see it. Rick DeHouse <laughs> says Wrigley Field has been groomed. Good-looking grass. Yeah, have you seen the photos? Saw him out on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I'll be yeah. honest with you. I'm not sure who the Twitter account was. Who was Dan Kiermeyer, Kevin Dan- Kiermeyer's brother, I believe. Actually, oh yeah, because he's a groundskeeper. Yep. That's right. Uh, posting some pictures of the sod going down at beautiful historic Wrigley Field. Beautiful. It historic. will be ready for opening day. Looking good. Looks like it. Looking good. I mean, I would hope. That it's ready for opening day, right? Like I like. That's, that, that <laughs> well, feels it's like, funny that they're laying. Like we're supposed to get. Right? Yeah. We're gonna get snow, but that <laughs> snow will turn to water. Good. They'll they'll be fine. Good. Yeah. They'll yeah. They'll probably like, cover it at night to keep it warm enough. Yeah. It's um, not, nothing. Nothing against the tweet. It looks cool. I'm just like. Well, yeah. You I hope feel it's like, not. Yeah, it's not you not hope ready. It's not turd brown like that when the <laughs> season starts. It, it, it was know. like I know a, they're gonna they're, they're gonna put the patterns and everything. It's like a mocha coffee. It's gonna cool. Just remember, like a month ago, two months ago, it was like a. Winterland. Yes, it was. That's like, right. That's, true. that's true. We were there skating. Ice I skating was out there like, like I was yeah. skating like Patrick Kane around Stephen that ice. Claus. And then Corey got in my way and had to slow everybody. That's down. exactly what happened. It's pretty much how it went down. Uh, <laughs> I watched a video on Instagram. <laughs> it's exactly what happened. It's good to see it. What are we? Twenty-eight days from opening day. Yeah, twenty-eight mm-hmm. days from opening 28 day. Twenty-eight days. Kyle Hendricks days. Mm. Four weeks exactly from opening yeah. day. Don't new light bulbs, new Michael Collada. That's an excellent point. Shout out, ComEd. They could turn those babies on at night <laughs> and really start to grow that grass a little bit more if they put little like <laughs> green lights in those LEDs. There you go. Uh, <laughs> sure. Anyways, one of the new things that came out today um, was <laughs> David Ross talking about Nico Horner because we've done the whole who's going to be the leadoff guy mm-hmm. for this team, and we all said like Nico on paper is a possibility. So this was from Marquis, I believe, David Ross talking about the possibility of Nico being a leadoff guy. I think when I look at Nico, it's about setting a tone uh, for our group to start a game. Uh, He's as uh, ready to go as anybody I've ever been around. Something about the way he plays, I think, sets a great tone for our team. Um, And so I like him starting things off. Right there at the end, like, I like him starting things off. I, I know, I think we've all kind of said it throughout the offseason that if there's someone on the team right now that looks like a leadoff hitter, it's Nico. The walk rate hasn't, isn't what, mm-hmm. the walk rate doesn't help because he, he doesn't take as many walks, but he does put the ball in play an awful lot. He doesn't strike out much. Like, that all goes into it. If he is able to, like, improve his walk rate, whether that's just a, a more patient approach at the plate, whatever it is, like, his yeah. on-base percentage is going to, go even higher than it already is, and he's going to make for a great leadoff hitter. But that's, like, the one thing. But outside of that, like, you look at him, and he has the makings of a leadoff hitter with some pop, which is what you want. Spin zone. Tim Anderson doesn't walk a lot, and he leads off for the White Sox. And he's pretty good. And I did say last year that Nico is a very similar type player to Tim Anderson. People thought that I said he was better than Tim Anderson. I did not say he was better than Tim Anderson. Go back to the tape. Uh, I said they were similar players, and everyone yelled at me. Do you know what I said on the CHGO podcast last week? We were talking about Tim Anderson and his comments to uh-huh. Chuck Garfine, oh, and yeah. I, I did a test. I said, we'll see how mad Sox fans are. I'm going to make a statement, and if they are truly mad forever at Tim Anderson, 
they will say nothing. And if they aren't mad at all, they're going to come after me and defend their guy. And all I put out was a factual statement. I said, if we're basing everything on only last season, 2022 baseball season, Tim Anderson was the third best shortstop currently in Chicago. Because you have Dansby, sure. you have Nico. Both were better last year statistically than Tim Anderson. Yeah. He had a rough year. I did say that. I did I say said that it, he had a better year. Almost zero reaction. That shows me that they are still mad at Tim Anderson. By the way, Elvis <laughs> Andrews, he could have technically been fourth best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Based on just solely on last year's stats. Yeah. Anyways, I hear the Nico comment from David Ross, and the first thing I thought was, well, let's get him signed then. Yeah. Send him. Yeah. Seriously. You, we love Fishing him. Mark. We love him so much that we want him batting first because he sets the tone for the whole team. And I've never seen a guy work this hard, and he was so great. Sounds like the type of guy you'd like to have an extension signed before the season starts. Time's Listen, running out. Yeah, yeah twenty-eight days, out, right? man. Twenty-eight days, and a like, lot can happen in twenty-eight days. True. Jed did say though he doesn't want to go into you know the season with bad vibes related to not getting a contract extension done. I know that's more related to Ian Happ. Yeah, yeah. But, say, it is a little different with Nico just because this is his first year of arbitration. And they settled fair. pretty early. Like, it wasn't like yeah. they are went through this whole arbitration process. Mm-hmm. Like, they settled on a contract. I don't remember the number off the top of my head. Like but Two million. Um, something like that. So, it is the first year of arbitration. So, not that you don't want to extend Nico. And maybe you should before if he really, really breaks uh, out right. again this year. Right? Like, there's that weird balance. And he's going to be like, well, why not try free agency? Yeah. So, But I'm like, it's right now, if... If they're looking at the, those two guys as two guys that they want to extend, Nico is not – not that Nico's not the priority, but, like, Ian Happ's a free agent this offseason, yeah. right? Like, the, mm. if they're going to get an extension done, it has to be this year. It should it just shouldn't be either or. Like, like Honestly, you could I feel like do if both. you want to do, do both. both. Yeah, if you want to do both, then you easily could do both. I think they could easily do both. Um, what did you – by the way, Barbara's asking if we're going to talk about Wes Neske. She always wants to know the rundown of the show. Yeah. Barbara always wants to know what we're doing before we get there. Yes, we'll talk a little Wes Neske. Sometimes we like to keep you on your toes, though. In just a minute. Uh, Cody Bellinger. Cool thing I saw on Twitter. I think you guys saw it yesterday, too. The side by side by side by side. And who was who is this from? I want to make sure they uh, get the yeah, credit. Let me, uh, uh, Danny – Dan Vietti. Danny Vietti, Danny Vietti, on Twitter. Did a lot of work here. Took 2019, 21, 22, and now 23 swings from Cody Bellinger. What, what, I mean, clearly the stance is a little bit different. He's holding the hands way higher, more like he did in 2019, right? Yeah, I was going to say the, the stance, if you're looking at anything, well, the stance looks probably more like 2019, which... His knees are straighter than they were in 22. 22, he went up to the high hands, too. Well, tw- yeah. It looks like, I don't know. If I'm, if I'm comparing 23 to any of them, it looks more like 19, which we know that's yeah. that's the. Uh, we would like the same results as 2019. Yeah, yeah that's what we're looking for. We would folks. like 2019 <laughs> to continue to look like Cody Bellinger. Right. So there the question go. is, you know, is, is he the ultimate X factor on the team? We've, we've gone through a bunch of guys that can be X factors. Saya was one. He's off the slow start. Yeah. But if, if Bellinger were to return to MVP form, wouldn't that be the ultimate X factor? If somehow he could rekindle MVP level play, all star uh, play, if anything close to that, right? Yeah, like he hasn't really reached close to at least offensively close to those levels since 2019, 2020. He I think he was still above average at the plate, but he wasn't 2019 Cody I, Bellinger. I would be. I'd be shocked if he is putting up close to 2019 numbers and the Cubs aren't good. I would be shocked if he puts up those type of numbers and the Cubs I are would, bad. I would agree yeah. with that. If he's an MVP-level player, yeah. they're going to they're gonna be in the hunt for the division title. Right. So I, I know that's I, I know, well, asking a lot. Yeah, I, exactly. And so I say that because a lot it, of— right? Yep. Well, I, I only say that because a lot of fans think the Cubs just signed him to flip him at the deadline, and I just I don't see that with him. Now, if they aren't in it and he somehow is putting up good enough numbers to where they can flip him, then fine. But, like, I'm talking about if he's putting up, like, really good numbers, I just don't see the Cubs being bad yeah. if he's putting up really good numbers. It would be crazy if he's putting up – he's putting up MVP numbers if that happens – He's going it, like it feels like this is going to be the only year they have him, regardless of mm-hmm. of uh, he, if he's bad. You know they don't they they had their center fielders coming up at least by the end of the year, if not next year. Um, and Pete Armstrong, Brendan Davis is a guy potentially, but like 
if he's MVP caliber or even, you know, 80% of that, like, he wants a big contract, and I don't see the Cubs as being the ones that are going to give it to him. Although, yeah. if, if he's good, again, the Cubs are also not in the business of, shouldn't be in the business of letting good players just walk away. I know, you, I know you would get something for him, and you do have good young prospects that are outfield prospects, yeah. but there's nothing to say he couldn't be a DH for you moving forward either. You'd be paying a lot of money would for, be a, a, for a designated hitter. You also don't know what those prospects it. are, so you those prospects but. could also be flipped into something else you really need if you believe you already know what you have in Cody Bellinger. I think the big thing is he's going to – my big thing is he's going to want to – like, this is a pillow contract. It's a one-year yeah. prove-it deal, and if he proves it, he's going to want a big contract in free yes. agency. And like I'm saying, I don't know the Cubs are going to be the ones that go out and sign him to a massive deal. I know they did it this year, but it was only for the year. They're still under the CBT. Next year when that goes up and they have all these other guys and if they re-sign Hap and, and whatever they want to do next year, I don't know that Bellinger long-term fits in the plan. I wonder what Michael Collada we'll thinks see. about that possibility. <laughs> I'll take a wild guess of what Michael <laughs> Ricketts won't resign him if he has a great year. Take it to the bank. I knew that. I knew that was coming I, on the chat. You know, I know I kind of jumped ahead on that, but I think that I'm curious. Like, if he does play, if he plays close to 2019 level, it, even if he does that for one year, do you think of you think teams would go and give more than five years? Like, because when you say that, like. I'm 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 getting the idea of like you're you're insinuating that he's gonna want a long term like Dansby Swanson no, type deal. You're, you're inferring I, somebody that I'm not some, saying. Well, I'm that's how I <laughs> no, took it. So that, maybe that's how some of the people in the chat are saying. So I'm I'm saying okay, big deal. Are you talking about like I don't know a four five year deal that's, or a three four year deal of like twenty million a year something like that. Like I don't know. Like he's at making least. seventeen. Some, some team will forget the bad right. years. Think he's about the fact year year and half, Think about the fact that Cubs just paid. I mean, it was only one year, but they paid him seventeen and a half million dollars. Right. Like yeah. Oh, he'll like, make over twenty million. Like a year. if he has again eighty percent of the production he put up when he was an MVP or you know seventy five seventy whatever twenty five million a year. Oh, he's getting he's gonna get a lot of money a year. Right. We'll see. I, I just think Four that years, I think that if Bellinger Easy. actually does play like that, I think he should be a guy the Cubs should keep because he's young. What he's going to be twenty seven this well, year? If you think you know? Why not? I'm just saying if you if you have a proven commodity and then you have it not unproven. sure, yeah, you know, the, those guys are unproven. But even he, I'm the not un, saying the that the not sure could be used as my thing. Chips. My thing also is how, how do you know this isn't a uh, just a bounce back year and a. In a Prove it year for Bellinger, yeah, considering the last back. two years have been pretty bad for him. Right. Hopefully, that's the so discount. So, how, how much of a sure thing <laughs> yeah, is he really, yeah, you know? I don't know. I guess Let's both, just hope both the question things, has to be both answered. Both things would pro- are probably unsure. And I do think that they have high, 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 high belief in PCA. So, I think PCA is going to take over center field, but it's not like Bellinger hasn't played right before or any other outfield position. Also, the DH is available, and... I don't know. Again, like I, we have to watch the season play out. I was just, you know, throwing the idea out there. But at the end of the day, my expectations, my level expectations for Cody Bellinger is offensively just just give us a, a 100 weighted runs created plus. Like just hmm. give me average. League give average. Me, that yeah. is what I want. And I think if he gives you league average and the Cubs are, you know, 500, milling 500 team in July, then maybe they would trade him. But if he does better than that, like way outperforms that, then I don't know. I don't see a scenario where the Cubs are bad if he's doing that. So, uh, the hit he had yesterday, going opposite field, that swing. Like if he's doing a lot of that, man, I'm feeling pretty good about Cody Bellinger's season ahead. Yeah. So, I will see. It will be a good problem to have. Yeah. I don't even know if you call it a problem. It'd be a good situation to have if the Cubs can it'd get be a, into that. It'd be a good situation to have that people are going to get mad about anyway. Right, whether yeah. regardless of how it for turns sure. out, if for that sure. Happens. Whether right. it's the way Niren wants to go, if he's good, Glaber or the Guardians for prospect prospect rich, or the way Connor wants to go, maybe Brendan Davis or Owen Casey becomes mm-hmm. trade bait. Either, either way, you would have another asset that you can do something with. So yeah, I mean, if you c- just depends. You want me to? If you want me to say they should trade him? If you could trade him and get like a top top of the rotation guy, like a top of the rotation starting pitcher. Like that's someone that that's something the Cubs don't have, even though they have starting pitching depth, but they don't have a number one, like a third baseman like, necessarily. They, they don't have that either. Like, yeah. I, if it's something, if it's for like something like that, an immediate impact guy, 
then fine. I can get past it. I just I just don't see them flipping him at the deadline for prospects like they have in the last two years with guys like Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, and and even last year with those relievers. I, I think if, if he's playing well and you want to flip him, you better be flipping him for a guy who can come in and make an impact yeah. next like next year in twenty twenty four. We'll see. Well, again, like you said, it had, we have to watch this whole thing play out. Right. But sorry for jumping ahead. We'll see. We watched uh, Hayden Wesneski pitch in yesterday's game. Right after the show, gave a little swagger. Got out of there with four strikeouts. Got in a little trouble. Walked a guy because of the pitch clock. Right, but when you watch. Wesneski stuff yesterday and I was saying it on the podcast before we could see it I said oh here's a guy that is trying to compete you know mm-hmm. he may know in his heart that a position on the roster is going to be tough to get if Sampson pitches well and if everybody's healthy in the rotation outside of Hendricks but I liked what I again I like what I see from him every time out not that I don't like Sampson and not that I don't think Sampson hasn't earned the right oh yeah um but if any, I, and I know they don't necessarily even need a fifth starter the first couple weeks of the season because of off days and stuff. I still like the idea of him being at the major league level if he earns it. Yeah, and I don't I'm, know I'm what not, he. Ha- I don't know what he has uh, to do. I don't. I just don't know what he has to do. I don't dislike the idea. I just think the looking mid- at it logically, it it, it it does make sense to have him at AAA to start the year. And yes, I. Just, yeah. I just think logically sense, it makes sense. The video they put out yesterday, it just nasty. it made it very hard to have tempered expectations, bro. Like he he Looked did good. look very. I mean, when you're striking out Julio Rodriguez, like that, not the regular old Joe ain't doing that. You know, the guy's got something, and I he looked he, irritated with his outing too. Yeah, I know he, he had runners out, but he walked off. He's like, he struck he had, out four and two innings, a, no runs. He had a Michael Jordan type uh, like vibe with one of his quotes. I think Tony and tweeted it out, saying something about how sometimes he just takes he, he, he takes things personal when he didn't even need to take things personal. Is that something related? I thought to you were going to say first pitch. He said, "I'm back." <laughs> no, no. I mean, he looked, sent a fax. He to looked, everybody. It's just like the classic Jordan meme of the, and I took that personally. And like again, he didn't have anything to take personal yesterday, but he finds reasons to take things personal, and I guess he uses that to. To, to pitch well. I mean, again, it's Decent spring. Mentality. You got to – you, you got to – I'm trying to have tempered expectations. But uh, if he keeps doing what he did yesterday, he's, he's going to he, be he's gonna be making a, a big run at that last spot. He looked rotation. good yesterday. Just like he looked good was a six six outings in September mm-hmm. last, last year. Six, yeah. Right. Um, so I understand the, the – I understand wanting to have uh, – having big expectations for him because he so far has not looked bad really in, in, in anything. I – you, obviously, you don't. You hope that doesn't come for a guy like that. Like he looks like he's. I mean, he is big league ready already. Yeah. He pitched in the big leagues last year. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I. For me, it's just to look at it logically and and what the what the more likely outlook for this beginning of the season is. Um, hey, if he wins it, it's the same thing with what we talked about with some of the you know Brennan Davis or whoever. Like if he wins it out of the camp and forces their hand and makes them take him to Chicago with them, like more power to him. Right. Like he is that good too. Out of those, those guys at the top, like he is the one that's like, yeah, he, sh- he could easily win the job, but yeah, I'm looking at it. What they have right now, Adrian Sampson's still there. Um, like you mentioned, Luke, they have the off days uh, early on in the season where they don't need the fist or whatever it is. Um, I just think logically it, it, there's obviously a very, legitimate scenario where he's not on the opening day roster and it's not because of anything he does mm-hmm. uh, if you're not watching the chat everybody needs to know that becky made some uh betty crocker blueberry muffins yeah i love some blueberry muffins <laughs> we bro. get some we get some great <laughs> stuff on that chat. i looked Man. up and thought <laughs> like i need some well I, first of all I blueberry up, muffins sound delicious right now uh, are you still not doing sweets i'm not doing sweets i gave up sweets for lent in honor of you it is it is tough so sweets far and- still just two cookies in 23 wow sweets and chips for me Chips are tough. tough. Six weeks, no sweets or chips. That's that's tough. I went to a restaurant once in South Carolina, uh, Myrtle Beach. Okay, it was. I think it was called Blueberry Muffin or something like that. Their their specialty was pan fried blueberry muffins. They would cut them in half, cover them with butter, and then fry them like a grilled cheese. Yeah. (laughs) This podcast continues to be more like a food podcast than Cubs podcast. Remember last year when the Cubs were bad and we just sat here and talked about ice cream, food, and ice cream. (laughs) 
Some of that ice cream still in that freezer. It's, it's just freezer. covered in a block of ice. Oh, uh, speaking of block of ice, Chicago, we've already got you covered with the best uh, sports coverage for all your favorite teams. Now get fitted out with the best sports gear around. Foco has you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north side, south side, hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports merch. If you're looking for that perfect <clears throat> gift for your football fan in your life, Foco's got you covered. Hoodies to fight the Lake Michigan breeze. Or so cold that you might be ready for opening day in that brown grass they have growing out there. It'll be green. You don't want to be a block of ice like we have our ice cream covered in. You're going to want a nice hoodie, maybe a vest, nice winter cap. Check out FOCO.com. Click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Uh, so Jake, our GM, um, notified me this morning that... Uh, he got me a ticket to go to the Big Ten tournament next week, so I'm wow. very excited. And it's it's on Thursday. Sean's going. He just said, "Let's go." Cody, Sean's going too. I I believe so. Uh, By the way, so, how about the CHGO Bears guys eating at St. Elmo's last night? <laughs> there goes the London budget. These guys are out there. We, we shouldn't be applauding. Cocktails. Shouldn't be applauding, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, I look forward to betting on the Big Ten tournament next week. With uh with DraftKings, my favorite app that I mm. roll over when I roll over and look at my my bedside table, open it up every day. Uh, eight a.m. eight a.m. every morning. Is that what your alarm is called? Like open DraftKings, like the first one that, that when you wake it's, up. I don't need it to tell me. It's just an automatic thing. <laughs> it's just like it's like clockwork. You know, <laughs> wake up. What's the first thing on my mind? Oh, what am I betting on today? His alarm ringtone is <laughs> ching. Also, <laughs> it's either that or go look at the the scores because I bet on. Utah State and UNLV over last night, and the game started at 10 p.m. I sure as hell did not stay up to watch it, and it did hit. So uh, I came in today on a on a win. Tonight I'm taking Murray State and Valpo. Yeah. Luke's alma mater. I'm not, I'm not betting on Valpo. I'm just betting on I lots still call and lots the of points. By the way. We're taking the over. Valpo and Murray State over 140 and a half. Uh, both teams love to score points. So I'm taking that. You can if you don't want to bet on college basketball like I can, Right now on DraftKings, there's no, uh, no sweat NBA same game parlays. Uh, you could uh, bet on the Bulls game last night if you wanted to. Uh, there's MLB bets, a lot of future bets. Me and Sean on CHGO Bets Daily have been doing uh, some future talk lately. We did home run, uh, home run totals this past week. Um, unfortunately, DraftKings doesn't have a home run total over under for any Cubs player, which hmm. I honestly am not really surprised. But belly, belly bombs, you know, belly bombs. I get it from a certain standpoint. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, uh, great things you can bet on in DraftKings right now. Uh, download the app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NBA with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I got a thing today from DraftKings saying, Hey, if you place a $50 bet, then we'll give you that $50 bonus bet. But I just don't know what I want to bet $50 on. You should have bet on Mizzou minus four like last if I could night. Have sp- if I could spread that $50 out <laughs> over five, I just haven't decided if there's anything I'm confident enough in for $50. I think Kane or Panarin, the bread man, one of the two will have a goal tonight. But I don't know if I'm $50 confident in that. And Barbara says that you should bet on Kane scoring, scoring a hat trick. No, not a hat trick. But a, do I think he's, he's got nine in his if career? I could, if I could, can I just bet a point for one of those two guys? Then I'm confident Panarin or Kane will have a point tonight. Yeah. I think they'll have a goal. One of them will have a goal, but we'll see. I saw uh, Godfather Michael Collada in there saying he's, he, he, that the Patrick Kane uh, talking to the New York media uh, made him sick. He's sick of rebuilds. I get it, bro. I'm hoping the Cubs get us get just just take us a, take us a little bit further, man. I feel you. I feel you though. Hattrick Barbara Barbara also saying she needs uh, somebody to get her tickets to GNR, Guns and Roses. Mm. Good concert back in the day. That's I don't know, a I don't know about I now. I know vibe. I have a lot of friends that still go see GNR, and I just don't know if Axel's got it anymore. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Uh, so Jamison Tyone. You had an opportunity to talk to a bunch of players while you were in Arizona. Tyone is a guy that at Cubs convention we were starting to talk to, and then he got pulled away by Ian Happ's compound yeah. podcast. A little, maybe a little more important. But. It was more, well, maybe. to him it was. To, to the Cubs. To, to, to the him Cubs. it was, yeah. To the Cubs, and I guess important. I was actually sitting in on Ian Happ's 
podcast at Cubs convention. So I guess for me, it was important. <laughs> okay, Cody. Thanks, Cody. Your own podcast was less important than that one. We get it now. <laughs> I'm I'm only kidding a little bit. <laughs> just a little, just a tad. I do want to ask before we play the video. Now you have the CHGO sweatshirt, like the crew sweatshirt mm-hmm. on, right? Yeah. True or false? Tyone wants one of these bad boys. He does. He told me it was. He told me it was cool. Said he might have to get one, and I said, "We'll, we'll I'll, I'll work on that." They were a limited edition, but yeah. we'll work on it. I told <laughs> right. I'll tell him I'll work on that. So. Right. So there for those go. of you that are listening to this on podcast form later today or later in the week, make sure you go back to the YouTube feed to check out the vibes. Mm-hmm. Here is and subscribe to YouTube and while subscribe you're there. Like, to the CHGO Sports like comment thumbs up all those things five star ratings. Here is uh, Ryan Herrera, our very own, with Jamison Tyone. All right, this is Ryan Herrera of CHGO Cubs reporting from Mesa, Arizona, and we have new Cubs starting pitcher Jamison Tyone joining us. Jamison, how's it going today? Good. That was a great pronunciation. Um, I'm just enjoying my first spring as a Cub and getting to know everybody and getting into the flow of it. Yeah, and you mentioned the pronunciation. How often does, do people get your last name wrong? Very often. I've been dealing with it since I was a kid. Growing up in Texas with a last name like that, my dad would just never correct people. So we grew up with people pronouncing my name all over the board. So it's Tyone, like a tie and you own it. You did a great job. There you go. Um, So my first question is, again, new Chicago Cubs starting pitcher. You're going through the free agent process. What was it about Chicago? What was it about the Cubs that drew you to this team and this city? And why are you a Chicago Cub today? Yeah, I mean, I'd say there were a lot of things. Um, So actually, I'll start at the very beginning. Like, my agency kind of came to me at the beginning, and they were like, hey, what's, like, 10 teams that you really, Mm -hmm. really have high up on your list or give us, like, a power ranking of where you want to play. And Chicago was very high on my list. Um, But you're never sure who's going to actually show interest in you. And on the first day of free agency, the Cubs called and said they were very interested and had me as a high priority, and I was super fired up when they expressed interest. so, you know, obviously not all 10 teams that I wanted, you know, that I liked called, but mm-hmm. the Cubs uh, were very high on my list. I've played at Wrigley before. I'm familiar with the division. Um, I played against the Cubs when they were winning the division and, you know, winning the World Series and stuff, and I've seen that place when it's rocking, and yeah. it's it's a special place to play. Even, like, when we were on the visiting side, we'd all be like, man, those guys have it good over there. The fans love them. They're winning. It's Wrigley yeah. day games. Um, but then, like, more in depth, uh, I was really impressed with the pitching department. Um, Tommy, Breslow at the top, Moscos, Holtzen, all these guys. Um, you know, I had heard a lot of good things about mm-hmm. what they can do on the pitching side, the strength coaches, the communication between departments, all that. So um, I'm a pitching nerd, and I feel like I can improve and get better and work on things, and the Cubs kind of aligned with that, and I feel like it's a great fit. And Daniel Moscus is – He's from the Yankees organization. He spent a couple years there as well. Um, was there any famili- familiarity factor in that, knowing that this guy who came from an organization organization you were just at also is bringing that to the Cubs and what you want to do? Yeah, so I actually didn't really know him. He was in okay. double-A there. Um, but a lot of the guys with the Yankees, like some of the younger guys who had gotten mm-hmm. called up, were like, I only made it to the big leagues because of Moscos. Or, mm-hmm. you know, guys in the big leagues would have, like, a bad outing. Some of them would text mm-hmm. Moscos when he was the double-A pitching coach there. Um, so I knew that he had that trust with guys and that relationship, and he was kind of a go-to guy for a lot of guys. Yes. So um, he's a guy coming over here that I wanted to just get familiar with and get on get on my good side. Yeah, and how quickly get on were, his good side, I guess. Side. Yeah, there you go. How quickly were you able to you know get on his good good side and just get familiar with him, uh, but also Tommy and Craig Breslow and everyone else that you mentioned. Yeah, so I'm glad that I you know was able to sign relatively early because. Um, I immediately had a call with the Cubs in the pitching department mm-hmm. right after I signed. Um, I saved all their numbers. The communication yes. was awesome. I was sending them videos of myself throwing. I was in a group chat with me, Tommy, and Moscos, just sending my drill work, sending my workout programs, sending my bullpens, videos, all that. Um, so I feel like once we got here, yeah. like I didn't have to go through the that onboarding phase. Like I felt like I already knew them and had a relationship with them. And what, I guess, is the one thing that really excites you about being on the Cubs now? Just was it, Whether it's the pitching, the guys in the clubhouse, like what, what can you point to as like this, I'm really looking forward to experiencing this? Yeah, um, I mean, I think winning in Chicago, like, I think that is going to be awesome. That's something I'm really excited about. Um, but something else that's pretty nice right now is that 
being a new guy, mm-hmm. um, like when I went to New York, I was one of like very few signings that year going into spring. Yeah. Um, so I felt like I had to go learn everyone's name really fast and stuff. But here we have like 10 new guys <laughs> on the roster. Uh, so we're kind of just all going through it together. We're all trying to remember everyone's names and build those relationships and stuff. And how's camp? You know, it's been a few days since pitchers reported and obviously yesterday was the first day of full team workout Um, how would you say cam so far the experience being in mesa has has gone for you it's been awesome um energy is through the roof um these guys like to work these guys are hungry there's a lot of good veterans in the room there's also a lot of good young guys with energy and guys who want to establish themselves and kick off their big league career so it's fun to be around and the talk of spring, and you kind of did it yourself, but also uh, the sweeping slider is something that you've decided to develop this off season. Yeah, I'm curious what went into, in your mind, what went into the decision to you know try to develop that pitch. So a lot of things. Um, I'd say number one is like honestly, I just feel like I have another gear that I can hit, and I feel like some low hanging fruit was like let's make the slider better, sure. whether it's a new grip or whether it's like just improving the slider I had. Like, that was something I already had in my mind. Like, a lot of the big home runs I gave up last year was on my slider. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some good stretches with it, but I also had some bad stretches with it. Um, so I just want to eliminate that, like, inconsistency factor. Um, just add another weapon. Um, so it's worth a shot. I like the early returns on it. I'm excited to take it mm-hmm. out in games and see what we got. Um but in a perfect world, it's a, another weapon and swing and miss pitch to righties. Yeah. And, like, I'm not afraid to try it. And if it doesn't work out and the hitters give me feedback that it's not good or it's not working, like, cool. I can always go back to the slider I threw. It's a super simple grip, yeah. easy to remember. So, um, yeah, it's been just fun to experiment and try it out. Yeah. And with that sweeper, obviously, it, it sort of takes two to tangle. Like, you have to kind of approach the coaches and, and talk about it. Yep. Um, but they also seem to be pretty on board with it as soon as you sign. Uh, what did they tell you going into that process of, as far as developing this new pitch? What was in, in their mind? What did they see? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they saw the same things I did. I think, like, we lined up there. They kind of approached me with it, and they were like, are you, you know, okay with trying okay. this out in a bullpen? Here's the grip. Here's like a couple cues. Here what you here's what you want the ball to do. Just if you're not opposed to it, go out, try it, send us video. Mm-hmm. We can just see where this takes us. Um, so I literally like a couple hours after I talked to Tommy and Moscos went through my bullpen, threw yeah. some pretty good ones, <laughs> and I was like, this is something that's worth continuing okay. and, and trying to make work. But um, it really wasn't like that deep, honestly. It was just like you down to try this? We think it'll make your stuff better, sure. your pitch package better. We think it'll help you and. I already trust these guys, so I'm on board with it. <laughs> yeah. And you threw it in your first bullpen, or live BP, actually, uh, last week, beginning okay. of spring training. How did it feel then? It was a little more of a game scenario than just throwing yeah. in the bullpen. How did it feel? Uh, i got to be honest, I didn't love it. Um, I'm like a harsh critic. Okay. Uh, so, obviously, like, first time in a game environment period this spring. So, like, can't expect to be perfect in every aspect. But, like, before I went out there in the bullpen, the slider was, like, nasty it was the best it's been i was so excited and then i got out there and like tried sequencing it and like landing it for a strike and stuff and it wasn't where it was in the bullpen but obviously like added adrenaline and conviction behind pitches Mm -hmm. can kind of just change some things up so i think that was honestly good for me to just see and understand and realize like okay here's what i need to work on in my bullpens and all that to switch gears a little bit, you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, all the new teammates you have. I think it's nine or ten free agents. There's a bunch of you know NRIs here. Minor league guys are in camp. Um, so a lot of new faces for you to, to kind of get to know. Who's one person that surprised you? Whether it's their personality in the clubhouse, the way they play, the way they approach things. Like who, who's the one that, that's, that surprised you the most? Um, I'm going to say Bellinger. Okay. And I'm going to say Bellinger just because, like, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of baseball. I follow the game. And a lot of, like, Instagram accounts and stuff will catch Bellinger in the dugout, like, <laughs> looking airheaded or something. But, like, this dude works his tail off. Like, he's the first one in the building every day. Like, even before camp started, me and him were coming in here. And, like, I'd come in thinking I was early, and he'd already be lifting or running super sharp dude like knows the game not saying i expected him to be some aloof idiot but like (laughs) this dude's got it together he knows what he's doing and he seems like really freaking hungry so i've been really impressed and on the pitching side obviously you work with those guys a little bit closer who's a guy that surprised you a guy that (laughs) kind of opened your eyes you're like oh okay i think cubs fans will like this kyle hendricks (laughs) 
from across the way. I just thought this guy's a mute. He's a <laughs> robot. Um, I just got that like super quiet, smart guy vibe. And sure. then like coming in the building, like he's pretty funny. He's talkative. I've loved getting to know him. Yeah. Super interesting guy. Works extremely hard. Um, but he's way more outgoing than I thought he would be. Like I really enjoy being around him. So we've talked a little bit, and, and you, you can kind of tell, I'm sure, just the the pitchers that have come into this club that have brought, been brought in this season. The the depth is higher uh, in the Cubs starting pitching. You know, the, the rotation depth is higher than it's really been in a long time. What have you seen from all the guys out there, the veterans and the young guys that? kind of make or excites you or gives you a lot of confidence in what this rotation can do over 162 yeah it's something like Rossi talked about in his meeting opening camp it's like look around because it's going to take everyone in this room it's not about mm. just Dansby or me or Marcus or you know it's, it's about like that 40th dude on the 40 man who we're going to need big innings out of um and I've definitely seen some talented arms everyone seems to throw freaking noise everyone throws hard um, everyone's working hard. Um, getting to know like Ben Brown, young mm-hmm. guy. I think yep. they got in a trade last year. Super impressed with him. He's asking great questions. Electric stuff, electric bullpens. But like, you know, we're gonna be only as good as like those guys will let us be. When you know, if we need big innings out of them later in the year. Yeah. Um, so it's fun just to see the depth. Um, I th- I think around the game, I think the Cubs are getting a reputation of being like a pitching destination. So you see a lot of guys who are non-roster invites who have, like, pretty serious big league careers, um, like a Tyler Duffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you see, like, uh, Nick Birdie, who I played with in Pittsburgh, come here. If he's healthy, he's nasty. But, like, this is a spot where people really do want to come just because of the reputation, like, Tommy and Moscos and those guys have. Sure. And back to you a little bit. You're a few years now removed from Tommy John. Just how are you feeling? How has the last few years been at I mean have you had to change things have you had to adjust the way you do things what has kind of been your learning experience going through that this, the surgery and the recovery and now uh, a couple years later yeah uh super proud that the last two years I think I've made like 61 starts combined like if you have your health you have everything and for me yeah. if I'm out there taking the ball like I feel like I'm a student of the game and I'm gonna learn and like find a way to make things work so just being out there for me is huge um, so yeah, I got my second TJ. I switched up my mechanics, switched mm-hmm. up my routine. I'm way more collaborative now than when I was younger. Like I'm not afraid to go to the trainers and be like, you know, hey, my arm care routine is falling short. Can we clean this up? Or like, I don't expect myself to do everything. I'm not. O- I'm okay now. Like going to the pitching coaches and being like, hey, I don't feel right with yeah. my delivery. Can we look at video? You know, when you're a young guy, you think you know everything, or you can tackle everything yourself. Now I'm not afraid to just go into the strength room and be like, hey, let's taper back a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the most important thing for me is getting outs in the games. Like, maybe we lift less or maybe we lift heavier, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, I'm just not afraid as I've gotten older to, like, lean on all these super smart people to help me out. Yeah, And the game has maybe shifted a little bit more towards, you know, maybe going six, seven, eight, nine innings isn't as necessary as getting five strong innings and then giving over to the bullpen you do seem to enjoy going deeper into games um what is your mindset on that obviously you know you, the game the game picks up on your yeah up on your whatever what's your mindset going into wanting to get set that seven innings or eight innings whatever it i is? think innings are sexy <laughs> like, <laughs> i think like i think about it and i i got close with a lot of the relievers in new york and we would talk about this all the time it's like let's just say we're playing boston and i can get through the heart of the order that third time like Let's say last year it's Bogarts, it's Devers, and J.D. Martinez. Like, if I can go out there and get those three guys out in the sixth or seventh inning, that means that, like, Clay Holmes doesn't have to see them every single day, which makes him better. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for me, it's, like, not just about, you know, I want to go deep or whatever. It's, like, if I can save, you know – Chad Green from seeing Rafael Devers an extra time like that could pay off at the end of the year so this year you know if I can go through Goldschmidt and Arenado one extra time throughout the year and save Michael Fulmer from having to come in in the sixth inning or whatever like I think that helps the team a lot Mm -hmm. the less those relievers get seen the better they are I know they appreciate starters that can go deep um so it's just one of those things also like I came up with a lot of guys who took pride in going yeah. deep into games. So, like, a Garrett Cole, like, 
that dude, if they give him the opportunity to go on a five-day rest for six, like, he took that the ball on that fifth day every time. Mm-hmm. And, like, he never wanted to come out of a game. So I've just been kind of, like, raised in the game that way, I feel like. And i got a couple more for you. Having started your career in Pittsburgh, you definitely made a few road trips to Chicago in your day. What is your favorite part about the city? Non-Cubs, non-baseball specific, favorite part about Chicago? Ooh, there's a lot. I mean, it's a beautiful city. The water, I think, is cool. Being right there on Lake Michigan is cool. I'm going to just say, like, I, I like good food, and with all the day games as a visiting player, um, I, Chicago's the best city in the NL Central, so we would all, like, circle on our calendars. Like, off day in Chicago, day game in Chicago, whatever. We made dinner reservations. I'm a foodie. I would just say the food is, like, top, top, top notch. Um, so I'm excited just to hopefully not gain any weight but eat my way through the city. Yeah, you'll, you'll get used to those weekend day game series. Oh, yeah. they're, they're great. Last one, I've heard you're a big football fan. Is that correct? Yeah. The Bears have the number one pick. Tell, tell Chicago people, tell Bears fans, what should the Bears do with the number one pick? I don't want to say the wrong thing and piss people off. I grew up a Texans fan. Um... I'm just going to say I want to see them put Justin Fields in the best position to be successful. So I don't know what that is. I don't know who's available in the draft. Like, I actually haven't been paying a ton of attention. Okay. But I think if Fields is surrounded with the right crew and stuff, I think he's going to be a, I think he's going to be solid. Great. Jameson, thank you for joining us. For CHGO Cubs, this is Ryan Herrera signing out. Oh, Good stuff. And ironic the that up at the end there? he was talking about how great Chicago's food is, and the chat was taken over by you. You. Sweets. You. Luke stuck mind floating unhinged. the sweets. Unhinged Luke. in the YouTube chat. Luke, Luke talking about mind. sweets that he can't even eat. He doesn't even eat. I was like, I today know. years old when I realized that Luke Stuckmeyer loves key lime pie as much as uh, it, Honestly, it's been years since I had key lime pie, but I've been getting, uh, I've been getting takeout Fresh fish mm-hmm. from this place uh, called Boston Fish Market, and they have fresh key lime pies every time I go to pick up the fish, and I'm like, mm. 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 it's a All fight right. every time. Anyways, uh, we're going to talk about the Tyone uh, interview here in a second, but first, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LEDs. I'm actually doing that this weekend. Learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through the mobile device or track your energies, facilities, energy usage, and more with that mobile device. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting, networked lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than ever before. Visit comed.com slash poweringbiz now to start saving money and energy. Start a project. Contact them at 1-855-433-2700. For more information, email them at businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. <coughs> Yeah, I am. I've got an electrician coming over this weekend, put in some LED lights. So you don't have to change the bulbs all the time, too. If you can get those ones that are the integrated LED, Mm. you're good for like 20 years. And then you just change it out. Nothing worse than going up and changing light bulbs in a house every five minutes. Admittedly, and I feel like this is very millennial of me to say, but when a light bulb goes out in my apartment... I don't. I'm not exactly quick to want to change it. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel these like these LEDs save you money, yeah. and you don't have to change them. You never you even go. think about them again. So, like that, if if you're like me and you just you wait until you absolutely need it, like you real, like it starts to affect your day <laughs> when like these things like that ruin shit. Like, I also picture Cody as go. the guy who changes the light bulb but doesn't check the temperature on the light bulb. So when he goes <laughs> to Home Depot or whatever. He goes and gets like the bluest light you can possibly see. Like it's it's like everything else is yellow, and then there's one blue bulb, yeah, which drives a guy like me crazy. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Jameson Tyone, takeaways. Innings are sexy. Innings are sexy. He innings thinks, are sexy. Innings are sexy. Uh, Put on a shirt. Kyle Put Hendricks shirt, is yeah. not a mute. Not a mute. And he's looking forward to belly bombs. Yeah. Uh, and he, I love that he he talks about when you see him on on social media, and everyone makes. 
fun of the uh, random camera views of him sometimes where he looks like he's just out of his mind. And that's the, the nice way of me to say it. You're talking about... <laughs> him just looking high as fuck all the time. I own? No, Bellinger. Okay, I was going to say... Like a, but he says... Specify. He, Tyone, Sorry. remember, Tyone. Tyone. Tyone was talking about Bellinger, and he like straight up was like, yeah, sometimes when you're on social media, you go, he, he looks... Like, like he looks an airhead. Yeah, like an airhead, yeah. yeah. But, he, but like, he works hard. But then going in and saying that, oh, he works hard, and like he's, you know, you know, he's got that... Basically, like, saying that he yeah. had that dog in him or whatever, so... Uh, <laughs> I, I thought that was funny that yeah. he's that it started that way, but then finished it with this guy works hard. This guy's got something to prove. So I guess that that really kind of follows up with everything we we're talking about with Bellinger and stuff, which is yeah. uh, interesting and it has me excited. And it's very tough to have tempered expectations. But uh, as far as Tyone, though, I think I'm I think he's kind of like even now he's still like an underrated like um, guy. I don't think a lot of people have any expectations for him. I think a lot of people think he's just going to be a, you know, just a qual like a, a serviceable starter. I don't think anyone thinks he can be better than no. what he's already been. There's way less fanfare than when they signed Marcus Stroman, but I think he could be as good or better than Stroman this season. I really do. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he ends up being like the number one on the, on the yeah or in the rotation. I'm not. Could that's be. not number one as like he's going to be an ace, the level of Max Scherzer or, or whatever. <laughs> but he could have the best season out of any starter. Yeah, yes. definitely. Like he he's a couple years now, or he's going to be another year even further removed from his second Tommy John. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he has really good potential. I think he was good with the Yankees, and we'll see what happens with the Cubs. They gave him four years, sixty-eight million. They believe in him, obviously, uh, and so he's. A guy they're going to be counting on, and a guy that I think is going to be uh, or someone that the Cubs gave sixty eight million dollars to, and the fan base is just kind of like eh, about like yeah that I don't know if they are. I just don't me. think they. I just don't realize how good he could be. Yeah. yeah, I just haven't seen a lot of like like what Ryan said, or maybe Luke, you said the the fanfare. Like he, they, I just don't think a lot of people are excited to see him. You know why I think? Here's what I, I really do believe: this. more people are excited number about Wesneski than number Tyler. one. He started with the Pirates. Nobody gets excited about Pirates <laughs> players in Chicago. Like, you just don't. And people you, not you, get excited about Aramis Ramirez. Not that the Pirates are, <laughs> you know, just a joke or anything. It's just you don't think about players from the Pirates very often. Yeah, true. And then he went to the Yankees, and because the Cubs were tanking last season. Sorry, I said that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, or, Jed. Not, not the players, but the franchise was basically tanking. Mm-hmm. Uh you have less interest in the team, so you're not watching him play with the Yankees. Right. I just don't think he was as well known as because I mean the 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 starting pitching market was pretty packed at the top this year. You know, you had mm-hmm. Rodon, Scherzer, Degrom, Verlander, maybe not Scherzer, Degrom, Verlander, whatever it is. Um, it was pretty packed at the top. Maybe he just I I don't think Jamison Tyone is as well known as those other three names. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's when they're all these you know the Mets are. Bringing in Verlander, the Rangers go out and got Degrom. The Yankees brought him Rodon, and the Cubs signed Tyone. And maybe fans just don't know the name James and Tyone, obviously as well as those other three. Right. And that's why the fanfare isn't there. But mm-hmm. um, it's a good pitcher. Yankees liked him. Learned some things from them. Bringing some things over here. That sweeper slider he talked about. You know, we'll see mm-hmm. how it. We'll see how it develops. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he has the best season out of. That entire rotation. How about the stuff he said about pitchers wanting to come over here because of not just the pitch lab, but Moscos and, and like some of the different pieces the Cubs have that it's becoming an attractive yeah. place for well, pitchers. Well, he said that the the thing he said about Moscos was that because he was the in double A, he was one of the minor league assistant pitcher or pitching coaches before he came to Chicago. Um, he was in the Yankee system and guys that got brought up told Tyone that I only made it here because of Daniel Moskis. Yeah. Now he's in the Cubs system. So those kind of things get passed along and you get, you know, when pitchers are the free reputation. agents or whatever, you get a reputation, gears start turning when they hear that name. Uh, just that's one thing that makes it more attractive for pitchers. Look, I, even if it's pitchers like veteran relievers looking for uh, to find that fountain of youth or, you know, free big time free agents that – Want a new challenge or, or right. are liking what the Cubs are doing? I can't say, like, during the my entire life of, like, my Cubs fandom, have the Cubs ever been able to develop a reputation of something like this? Not that I You know what I mean? Like, remember. it's no. not like they're a hitting factory, like, during the golden era. Like, okay, they drafted well at the top of the – in the first round during the golden era. This is cool, the first time they've had young pitchers like this since they don't, this, Wood, Pryor, Clement. 
Yeah. Zambrano. But even then, it wasn't like the Cubs were... I mean, I was very young. Maybe Luke, you would understand. Sorry, I didn't mean to. That no, was I, unintentional. I didn't know. I didn't know <laughs> that was unintentional. Down. But it's once I, an episode, you get, you get what I'm saying. I didn't know who was down in the farm system. I'm just saying they had like four really good young pitchers, and you started to think, well, they're gonna they're developing their own guys, and you know, it it just didn't play out the right way yeah. long term. Right. But they were good young pitchers. It just didn't play out health wise the Injuries. way. And that's why you've got to have it all the way down the farm system. You can't. Right. Just let it stop with one small era of players. You got to yeah. continue to build it. Speaking of young players, uh, Ryan is not done. And by, where's that super chat? I want to get to that before we go too. The, the Duke eight one one. Have we talked about Belly Swingies back to twenty nineteen Bellinger? Huge season incoming. Yeah, that was the top of the show. Yeah, we did talk. We showed about the side by side by replay because we're about to end. Yeah, make sure you <laughs> go back and watch the beginning of the show on YouTube or listen to it on uh, Spotify. And thanks Apple for the podcast, ten bucks where you might be. Subscribe, like the, it, good reviews. And all that. also, shout out to Sean in the chat who said he has split screen watching us while also Very watching nice. the Cubs. That's what everyone should be doing, yep. in my personal biased opinion. Thank I, you. By the way, I think J-Mo might be the best um, nickname for a player on the team, too. Yeah. I like it. J-Mo's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, speaking of young guys trying to develop young players, Mr. Herrera's not done yet. Next week, we're going to have the PCA interview that everybody's Ooh. been waiting for. That's right. Pete. Crow Armstrong, number one prospect in the Cubs organization. It's coming up next week on the CHGO Cubs podcast. And thank you for joining us today and all week long. Corey Brennan coming up with another one for you on Friday. We're going to be back next here week. at like 3 o'clock. Oh, yeah. We're also going to be on the CHGO podcast coming up at 3. So, you know. Tune in. We'll be here. Five with us. <laughs> Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Until next week. Or 3 o'clock, fly the W.